Hi there, guys. This is Steve Hussey with... No, hang on. I'm George, aren't I? That which is one, not, that which is one not, are you? That is not Steve Hussey. Ah. You're Steve, I'm George. I'm Stephen. This is George Taylor. No, we... You wanted a little mix-up. <laughs> no, <laughs> come on. Those wacky podcasters. They're back, aren't they? We said uh, I'd introduce this one because uh, we've come up with it a bit on the fly and Steve doesn't have one of his you know, freewheeling rants at the mic, his screed at the mic. Um, this is going to be an episode, I think, Steve, let's get on the same page about what we're going to talk about from the outset. Please. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be an episode loosely entitled or on the theme of Do Awards for Culture Matter? Ooh. And we're coming at this straight after the Oscars, Steve. Um, the reason I've jumped on this is I read an article, well, a combination of things, actually. I saw one of your bloody Instagram stories mm. where you were talking about they finally awarded it to the most deserving film, um, suggesting there's an undercurrent of these award ceremonies usually actually being very wide of the mark with what popular opinion is, so we can go into that. But we wanted to broaden it out uh, from not just the Oscars, to you know other things as well book awards music awards and those those kinds of things but the thing that caught my eye in the article i read was that um last year there were six million more viewers of the oscar ceremony than this year and since 2010 viewership of the ceremony is down nearly 20 million television viewers that's like a huge decline so so from last year to this year how many six million six million and in the last decade, nearly 20. Yeah. I mean... So, lots of questions about, is it significant? Is it relevant? Is it the ceremony itself is baggy, but what they're doing is really important? Or is what the ceremony is awarding inconsequential? Well, the thing is, the ceremony is actually probably tighter, isn't it? They yeah. used to let people talk for ages. Yeah, so I think in some 45 ways... seconds now is the limit that they were imposing. That was specifically for thank you for my award but there's still loads of baggage that comes with it see that's because actors aren't writers george i don't know how to tighten up do they just, no. just give them a mic and but no script writers aren't performers who so don't want to hear those people talking no that's true and um, then if you win a nobel prize you have to give a lecture do you yeah if you win the nobel prize for literature i don't know about other topics but they always give their lecture never enough is it for those <laughs> swedish guys <laughs> always want more um, um, but yeah, this is my uh, my uh, topic, Steve. What what do you think of it? Do cultural awards matter, or do awards for culture matter? Is there a slight difference there? There probably is. Um, cultural awards, awards for culture. I mean, it's a fine grained distinction. Yeah. Awards ceremonies for yeah yeah. Well, it, and there's a difference though between the ceremony and the notion the actual... of the prize and what it does. Yeah. So, well. Well, We're both interested in the Oscars, right? It's something that we would... I've stayed up to watch it before. I think that's a fool's errand if you're in the UK, probably. Because <laughs> you can just Google it the next morning. But so you've stayed up to watch them live? I have before. That was when I was still at university and I was studying film a bit more kind of actively. I was a bit more invested, I suppose. Um, um, yeah, I... You know, I like watching... This I year, I, I woke up the next morning and read about it. I didn't stay up for any preamble. Yeah, I watched the highlights the next day, uh, which already were a bit long. They had highlights that were like two and a half hours. It was, come on, guys, it's not, it's not there weren't that many good moments. Um, yeah, but uh, I am interested in awards purely because I like to see what the quote, you know, I guess the what what's supposed to be the arbiters of taste mm-hmm. are thinking, and although I frequently disagree with them it's interesting to think oh so this is what currently by a certain cultural elite is held up as artistically or intellectually very important at the moment and it does kind of tell you something about the moment we're in although although famously as we'll probably get into sometimes it sort of misses the moment if they're particularly you know, the awards are driven by other incentives than just sort of artistic merit. In some ways, they can often miss big things and later, retrospectively, they look like massive blunders, right? You look back and you go, well, how was that that director who's one of the biggest directors of the last 30 years has never been recognised? Hitchcock. Right, and it took about 30 years for Scorsese to get any recognition, right? So It's a retrospective award. 
Yeah. It wasn't his best film, right? Yeah. So it's um you know, it's a big ask to ask awards to always get it right because but but I think yeah, I think it's interesting like the Oscars how they're chosen is is quite strange and interesting to me, but may maybe there's maybe there's a better system somewhere. But like from what I understand is actors choose actors and directors vote for directors and like so basically yeah it's like almost category wise and then i think maybe best film uh, the academy mm. are pulled together but essentially you're having just people in the industry decide right and there's that that does make sense and it also doesn't because in some ways everyone in the industry lives in a kind of self-reinforcing bubble and in some ways it does just lend itself to a kind of group think where you know, if everyone in Hollywood is talking about X film, it sort of just gets this grossly inflated importance, right? And then there's like, well, we're looking for a film about a particular subject because that makes the awards seem more important if they seem to be recognising films that are trying to talk about important things. But those films don't always necessarily last very well, no. do they? And also reducing um, your ability to pick a category based on being a member of that category already I think is quite a limiting and reductionist way to do it and it also gives a full sense of importance like oh, only an actor could recognise good acting right. it sort of uh, reduces the audience to irrelevance right my opinion counts for nothing because right. I, I'm not an actor I can't pass judgement on other actors or certainly not cinematography because I'm not a cinematographer but it's not the case at all like if you're a sort of paying viewer you're you're in a position where you should be able to have... I'm not saying that we should be voting for it, but I mean, it's stra- it, to me, it's really strange to pigeonhole only cinematographers vote for the best cinematography prize. Yeah. As if another, an actor couldn't appreciate and, it. And I don't... I mean, we can check that, fact-check that, but I think I heard that was the case on a podcast I was listening to recently. Um, and I know it's certainly it's like industry people uh, voting in it only. And, in you know, in some ways... You know, so famously, there's been some, like... Uh, I mean, it depends, right? Because pe- people disagree. But, like, let's say there was a year, 2015, right, where Spotlight won the best picture. Mm. Um, now, that was a film that I think you and I agree was fairly passable. We talked about that on our episode of Overrated Films. <laughs> right. So we've we've discussed before that we think Spotlight is overrated. I and think my big issue is... That, ooh, <laughs> with it is that there aren't enough paedophiles a film that advertises a certain number of paedophiles in the trailer comes we, up short we definitely won't take that out of context that george isn't <laughs> george isn't lobbying for more paedophile representation in cinema um but it was a film trying to expose paedophiles and i think yeah i think there's actually very little uh detail of yeah more it's a comment on how the advert was put together the advert, in the, the advert. trailer it says there could be as many as 80 pedo priests and then it turns out there's you know 50 which is a lot but you also don't really yeah I I mean (laughs) not you don't see enough but there's like it's all very sort of more around the actual journalists trying to figure out the story and you think you think there's going to be a dramatic confrontation with a few and that doesn't really the most dramatic moment in the film is when the fax machine isn't working (laughs) (laughs) so yeah and that was like you know a fairly a film that already has had very, very little cultural staying power. And that's only 2015. Yeah. Um, but, like, I'm looking at another film literally from that year, Mad Max Fury Road, which actually has already kind of been revered as a bit of a modern classic and a very, very important moment in sort of action cinema. And, like, I'm, I'm not necessarily saying Mad Max is the best thing ever, but that film already, like, culturally is a clip spotlight in a very big way. And... Uh, didn't get recognition at the time. Argo is another one. Argo is another film that, again, has sort of disappeared out of consciousness. I was talking about that literally the other day with our friend Ben. Like, that film won, but no one talks about it anymore. So there is this kind of weird thing where if you if you go back and actually go to, like, Oscar history, you do end up coming with a quite an unrepresentative um, picture of what that year... What was important that year. Mm. So I'm looking at 2010, George. King's Speech won that year, right? Nothing wrong with a King's Speech. as an enjoyable film. But if I look at other films that year that were hugely... Are still culturally relevant. Inception, yeah. right? Massive sort of defining film of that period. Social Network, one of the better films of that decade. 
Toy Story 3, that was a huge moment. Uh, Even Black Swan was a bigger film, ultimately. And uh, yeah, the King's Speech is like a kind of crowd fine crowd pleaser right but it's um it i guess it's the kind of film you would typically assume would win uh, a best picture award but what what do you think of that let's just before we, we'll go into awards more generally for other fields but what do you think of that of like films of a certain kind being overweighted in things like the oscars do you think that's just a horrible sort of misallocation or do you do you think they look for films that have this sort of inspirational crowd pleasing right kind of attitude quality. yeah there, there is a bit of that there's obviously the, the other thing is obviously the lobbying that comes from a studio right so the studio will really champion its favorite they'll get people behind it there's a lot of game playing going on behind it and maybe a vehicle for an actor who had a yeah. big performance in yeah that film. So, yeah i mean the king's speech probably has that more so than inception does or yeah maybe even social network does but yeah for um, sure but yeah, I, that's the problem. It's like it's a bit like designing a horse by committee. You get the camel kind of thing. It's like if if you're picking, there's a finite number of films. One of them has to win. It's not its duty to be representative. It's its duty to be. Well, it doesn't have a duty other than it will be picked as best by a demographic that are probably a fairly homogenous demographic. Mm-hmm. So, chances are that will happen more. If that demographic is changing, which is an agenda that is being pushed, then I will see that. I would imagine that would change too. Um, but also, you see that that demographic make a few right on choices, right? Like when Crash won, it sort of it hits a lot of the beats that maybe a voting group consider that they should be selecting on, like you know, race issues or or things that they've been held against for not providing well right so maybe that gets kind of weirdly over not overrepresented, but comes to the fore in a way that it otherwise wouldn't if there weren't these external pressures yeah i guess you get these sort board. of you get these sort of over corrections and things yeah. right which end up coloring like what that year is about like it, it's like 10 years later you look back and you're not aware of the context yeah. in which that film was nominated or whatever so it just seems like oh that film was kind of like that crash film most people think is kind of mediocre that but it's like yeah in a moment there were all these pressures that are not clear at the time and yeah in some way you know i i i look at the difference to me there's a distinction between elitism and prestige and this is a distinction i'm sort of making on the fly here but like the elitism in art i'm kind of all for where i do think that certain you know over like populism in art right which like some people do have this sort of reverse snobbery about the oscars where they go well you know the marvel film was the biggest film this year that didn't get nominated for anything but i kind of agree on the the scorsese thing there where it's like that's those films are i enjoy those films i have fun with those films but i don't see them as like because everyone saw it as an Oscar worthy mm. film. It's just, I see that as like, that's fun. It's like a going to Disneyland is an entertainment. But let's also be blunt as well. It's like the Oscars films aren't that highbrow. It's no, not, no, no. They're not no. like the films that the no. sound pole, right? They're not like, you know, these really esoteric, technical, advanced films. They're like, usually an Oscars winner will be like an above average smart film. Right, yeah, yeah. But That's, it's, it's nothing more grand. No, that. it's not like they're reaching deep into art house cinema no. and, and uh, finding really niche things. But but I guess I at least, you know, I, I think there's a, there's a place for elitism in art where, you know, it's like literature, right? There's a big difference to me between Harry Potter and the works of Marcel Proust or James Joyce. It's just a different, like one is a, deeper richer artistic category and i'm all for the elitism of of like quantifying them in terms of like their status and so that's fine but i think the prestige thing is more like films get overweighted that that are reaching for a kind of a kind of um stately like they are attempting to be important purely by the virtue of their subject matter yeah, because the rather king, than the king's speech is about royals and do you mean that in that yeah because like, sense, like like this gilded world yeah things get overweighted like period drama gets overweighted because it's very elaborate and mm-hmm. historical stuff gets overweighted or you know whereas like maybe a film that was just about a contemporary love story in modern day 
London or something would not be as look because it would be too seen as too small, too sure. too like I small suppose. scale. It's like there's a there's a bias in these awards things for things that are large scale, mm. big stories. You know, war film. These award shows come from the um, the historical precedent of lots of makeup, lots of costume, lots of you know putting on a big show almost. So there's definitely going to... I can understand why those hang-ups remain, right? It's mm-hmm. rare, is it, an Oscar winner that doesn't come with that baggage because it it's Hollywood where they make films and making films comes with the grand lighting, all the costumes. So I, I, I don't have a problem with that necessarily. Um, it's more just don't make that list your be-all and end-all of what exists, right? Like there's mm-hmm. there's 30 different... I mean, they do. A, it's awards season, right? It's not just the Oscars. The Oscars is the prestige one in Hollywood, but there's plenty of other award shows that maybe represent or pick different categories. Like I think Adam Sandler won for his performance in Uncut Gems, which is very, very good. I thought. Yeah, I did. Um, and he referred to it as like the award show for like the equivalent in your high school yearbook of like best personality. It's not like homecoming King, but it's like best personality. And it was like everyone at these, the films at those awards, they're capped at not having a budget of more than say $25 million, mm-hmm. which probably means they don't have a huge costume budget and all those things. So, you know, if that's what you're after, go to a different award ceremony for your, yeah, your guidance. Yeah, that's true. It's I'm, letting other people be your arbiter of taste, right? That's essentially what these things are. We're the people that receive them and use them, I suppose. Like, the industry wouldn't do this if it didn't have a knock-on effect to the viewer. It's about getting bums on seats in the cinema. So we're just kind of choosing whether we want to take that on board or not. Yeah, I guess it's it, it, it bothers me when, though, I think something that's mediocre is then in the... I mean, again, we're talking about this. I'm sure lots of people don't pay attention to Oscars. But, you know, it's when something that average is then sort of falsely elevated as like, oh, you must see this because it won Best Picture. And it just kind of grossly inflates something that's quite mediocre. Yeah. And that, But on the, on the inverse to that, what I think, you know, getting back to the present, to this year, what I think... Uh, kind of has revitalised in some ways, at least this year in people's eyes, redeemed uh, the Oscars, is that they brought attention to a very, very good film in Parasite, which won the biggest awards. It won the Best Director for Bong Joon-ho. It won um, Best Picture, Best Best Screenplay. And that was a film that actually bucks some of those frustrating trends. Like it was, um, you know, it wasn't this kind of big, elaborate costume drama or historical fiction is like quite there's not many characters it's kind of a you know really effective but simple story and it's kind of gritty and different and that was like a very and obviously it's a south korean film and the oscars has never given the best picture to a foreign film so it's kind of it's almost like this year it did the thing it can do best which is throw a spotlight on something probably a lot of people apart from cinema files wouldn't see a lot of they wouldn't go seek out even if it was the best reviewed south korean film of the year they're probably not going to watch it but if it's said like oh this is best picture that's kind of the best thing you can hope for right for an award ceremony hugely american centric view of course right like in korea people will be watching those films yeah we have a very like western understandably so because it's the language that we speak and hollywood is the center for that but yeah i I sort of agree, I agree with that point completely from a Western audience's point of view, mm-hmm. but like that it yeah I go I suppose in a Asian cinema people are going to be watching those films yeah but I suppose it's like it's recognition from what is the still the center of a lot of filmmaking right which is Hollywood yeah. it's still yeah where what's seen as the most prestigious you know sort of hub of film still but. Uh, yeah, and that's that seems like a bit of a, a watershed moment, that moment of recognising that. Now, that doesn't mean the, you know, the Oscars sometimes have a year and they get it right and then they revert exactly back to type mm-hmm. and they sort of do something disappointing for the next few years after that. But uh, I thought that was very cool because I thought that Parasite was a very finely made, uh, you know, great script, really well-directed, uh, really fresh film. So that was cool. Um and I thought it would have been the film that's a bit too gritty to have been nominated in that way, but it was uh, it was great that it broke through. But 
on um yeah on the well what I, what I would say with um film awards is something something we should touch on is is being preached at by sort of a, a, a kind of braying celebrity crowd but we'll mention that in a second I think the difference with say film award shows or film award processes versus literature maybe um is that I guess the financial ramifications of the prize awarding and the prize giving kind of makes or breaks someone. I don't think, uh, maybe in that kind of art house cinema world, it's a bit different, but if a film's nominated for the Oscars, it's going to have cost a lot of money to have made. You know, it will have big names in it. Rarely is it a low budget thing. There's a lot of support behind it, but an author may be nominated for or shortlisted for a literature prize the author might be living on £5,000 a year, you know, a government mm. grant. A really good example recently in the UK was that Milkman. Anna, Anna yeah, Burns. Yeah, Anna Burns book. Um, it sold more than half a million copies now. She was shortlisted and then won the Booker Prize. Before that, she was living on, like, I don't know, not government handouts, but, like, you know, uh, lottery-funded money. She could, like, barely afford whatever. And Suddenly, she was, like, a working writer, right? She yeah. She published before. Yeah, well, she, she's, like, a lifelong career writer, and she's sort of living, you know, just about above the breadline, really. That doesn't happen in the world of filmmaking just because of the necessity of what it takes to make a film. There's more money behind it. So I think what is really important in at least literature prize-giving is it doesn't really matter. You would hope that the the bodies are awarding to, you know, meaningful, impactful, interesting work. But if if they're keeping, you know, jobbing writers in that career, then that in of itself is probably quite a useful end if you think that their art is sort of of merit anyway. So there's some, I think there's some interesting things that happen there, but there is probably an over-proliferation of literary prizes they exist to perpetuate the industry, right? And a publisher just wants to get their book shortlisted for the sales. Um, that's not. I think there's a different kind of ecosystem that exists in literary prize giving than there is with film. Yeah. Do you? I mean, I I suppose the the book ones. I mean, they still are driven by certain. Um, I don't know. I guess they're still driven by certain like motivations but I don't think they look so much to like one one genre so much or mm. one type like it seems like Booker Prize winners are much more varied than yeah well in that, subject I think matter. that's because they, they changed so the Booker Prize being I guess the UK equivalent of the Pulitzer Prize for prestige at least but every year with that they changed the uh, awarding like body of judges right the judging panel and the chair of judges changes every year so and they're usually taken from semi-public figures or people in the industry or previous authors and things so they will bring their own baggage there was quite a significant example i i would say 2011 where they came and they said oh it's going to always be for us it's going to be about readability and that had never been a buzzword for the prize before. And then the following year, there was almost a reaction against that. Oh, we can't do that. Whereas what we were saying about the Oscars is there probably is a bit of a through line with with the voting panel and the group because they're always picking the same people to make those decisions. So I think it's maybe healthy that it changes, but you often get some just very like not qualified people to do this. Like last year, the Booker Prize has to pick one winner it picked two they phoned up they said oh we can't do it we can't choose your job is literally to choose one person <laughs> they phoned it's up only the, job yeah it's the only job they phoned up the you know chair and the sponsor and everyone and they said no no you have to give it to one and they couldn't do it and they gave it to two people they gave it to the testaments and the bernardino Verista book and it's like it, that that was baffling to me that that happened but yeah it's they can, they come with different baggage. Next year, it'll be a very different thing. It's a good stunt, though. Uh, yeah, it, but it's sort of diffuse for the sales, right? Where that Anna Burns sort of survived on the fact that she won. Gets all the sales. Gets all the sales. You you wouldn't say that um, Testament's author, I'm blanking on her name, she doesn't need those sales. Yeah. You know, she's been like a sort of massive selling author. For, for years and years and it sort of dilutes the fact that I think it was the first time they'd awarded it to a black female author 
and she's now sharing the prize. So it's like, if you're going to make a bold statement, make a bold statement in your prize giving. Don't kind of half-arse it. Yeah. Um, so it. I think that's maybe a shame, but I do, I do think that there's, yeah, there's maybe a different set of prerogatives behind literary prize giving. And I would also say that for me as a consumer or a viewer, I find these lists and awards really important, if nothing else, as a means of discovering new material content films. Like, I've people ask me a lot, how do I find the books I find to read? Often it's just trawling through prize shortlists because you're kind of going, I'm going to trust these people to know what's good and I'll pursue it. I, I know I've liked other books from this awards body before so i'll assume they know what they're doing this time it's often a good jumping off point yeah um, i or i find if you're gonna especially if you're gonna go for new books which are very hard you know they're, they're untested right so they're extremely hard to judge and you're often taking more of a risk mm. with newer newer fiction um but i still i still do find that if I find a trusted voice, that's much more powerful to me. Like that's mm -hmm. much more likely to steer me right. If there's like some book blogs I read where if there's someone whose taste I really trust, they're, they're five times more likely to get me to a good book sure. that I like a lot than just scanning awards randomly. Yeah. But I guess that's then finding the critics you like or finding the, finding the voice you but it's like if you um trust. if you go into a bookshop most of the books on the shelf are going to have been guided by the buyer and the publisher who comes to the buyer with a list of books and the list on the the list of books they're coming to the to the buyers with are going to be things that they've put up for prizes or that they think are going to get i guess more traction so as a consumer you're probably not realizing that there's all these mechanisms happening that are dictated by prize giving you know, before you've even walked into the shop. Like, there's obviously tons more books published than we see when we go into Waterstones or wherever, but the buyer and the publisher have got this kind of symbiotic relationship about, oh, well, you'll be able to put that in front of, you know, front of store, and that'll catch most people's eye because it's going to be shortlisted for this and those sorts of things. They definitely play more of a part in the way that that world works than we realise, I think. How how do... I, I don't understand when, when there's so, such a volume of fiction come out each year, I don't understand how something does get awards buzz or, mm. like, on even a long list. Is it... Do they just try and, like, dive in... Do I they dive into, like... Does the publisher say these are our really prestigious books publishers and agents submit them to the prizes yeah and then the prizes do a vetting process pick right. them, and then maybe have a long long list of say 100 and then they work yeah. them down yeah but it would maybe be limited to a certain number per publishing house that kind of thing i mean it makes such a huge difference again if a small publishing house gets some of the traction like that ducks newburyport was shortlisted for the booker prize this year a tiny press i think it suddenly sold thousands more copies than they were ever expecting. That's kept them going and lets them bring on new authors and things like that. Whereas I would say, I don't know, even Parasite winning the Oscars, it doesn't mean, oh, okay, now South Korean cinema is going to be able to make an extra 50 films a year. I don't think it... I don't know. More people will see it because it won that award, but I don't think it has the same bearing as a literary prize winning Yeah, does for the the, the ecosystem well, of I think, authors. Yeah, I think we're with the with literary stuff it's so hard to puncture through the noise anyway because it's not you can't like show a trailer and get but you're so little ways to get flashy yeah. like to get eyes on you it's like how do you do it um yeah. uh yeah so uh i would say as well that um it's something like the nobel that's one i don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast before but the Nobel Prize for Literature, that's a bit different because it's more of a body of work award rather than a, oh, that was the best book of the year award. So then you're kind of trusting a very like esoteric, closed-off little group to be able to make these decisions about whose body of work is the most meaningful and invariably it's quite an es esoteric prize awarded to a, a very niche author. And this is where you have to think, this is a little bit like that thing with the film that you said maybe they're not super highbrow but they're fairly highbrow often Nobel Prize for Literature is like really quite niche yeah. stuff and probably doesn't reflect global readership I would say yeah but but in some ways also with the Nobel Prize for Literature so esoteric that it doesn't even rec it doesn't even seem to 
reflect what the academic or more intellectual readership are reading. Yeah, like there's there's books that people will or authors authors that are sort of widely recognised in sort of intelligent circles as really truly great who who get no recognition from that. So that that one's very odd and it's almost like there's a sense where the committee for the Nobel sometimes is like are they trying so hard to sort of undercut the expectation? Mm. It's almost like an advanced form of trolling where yeah. it's like, we're going to scoop out an author that no one has ever heard of yeah. and really elevate them and really sort of pick, pick that up. And it's, uh, yeah, it, it, there is something unusual to have such a, a low percentage of people even have an opinion on that person and they're suddenly like, this is a Nobel Prize winner in literature. Because if they're that... It's not that someone unrecognised can't be truly great, but you would think there's some recognition... Getting a Nobel Prize is almost like there's a cultural and artistic significance to what you've done that has almost had... I hate to use that word impact, but had it's been influential or important or... Resonates. Resonates. It's had some kind of, you know, influence. If you look at some of the big titans in like the American authors like Cormac McCarthy or Philip Roth or Thomas Pynchon, like they in, in the literary field, they had reverberating effects on the way lots of their contemporaries write now. And like, there's people who are, who have a style like Pynchon or right, like Cormac McCarthy or, you know, that, you know, they just, they've been very influential and that, that feels like it needs to be part of it to my mind. But you know, I, I guess if you could find William Shakespeare and he happens to be tucked away mm-hmm. in, you know, in a monastery in Tibet writing fiction, then give, I guess... Give him the Nobel. <laughs> I guess so. But, yeah, it does... Uh, that always seems like a weird one to me. But, yeah, with the... Um, with awards in general... Um, Do you like being talked at by an actor? Uh, well, that is the question, isn't it? <laughs> Never known, never known people in Hollywood to preach before. Um, yeah, I mean, well, let's dig into that because that's. I mean, that was. But that's when we talked about the dwindling viewership. That probably is a big part of it, isn't it? I, I feel like we are maybe slightly more cynical. Even in the last ten, fifteen years, there was, I, I guess, slightly less time for it. Yeah, I, I think um, it is amazing how there is still a massive disconnect between... I, I, I always think of it like when actors go and back a politician mm. and there's almost like a lack of self-awareness in that. that they... The assumption from both the politician and them is that it really matters who Leonardo DiCaprio is voting for yeah. or Samuel L. Jackson or someone. And it's like they still haven't understood there's an enormous disconnect between people enjoying them in films mm. and people then them having a platform to say something and people going, oh, well, if uh, that person's on stage saying it, you know, then that must that's going to really influence my behaviour. And I don't know, I feel like they've never quite learnt that lesson. No, but I mean, there's there's obviously so many examples. Beyonce is the biggest celebrity in the world. She endorsed Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton still didn't win. So if, if that's not proof that the celebrity endorsement isn't a make-or-break thing... I don't know what is really. I suppose if you're a big celeb, that's there's no problem with the celeb being politically engaged. I don't. I don't have a problem with that. I suppose it's when they think, I will tell other people to vote this way or do this, and that's that's I suppose how they feel they can best make an make an impact. But yeah, it it just doesn't work. It seems like the the celebrities who have an impact tend to target a very very specific thing and actually do a lot of work in it. That seems to be the way to actually have some impact, rather than yeah. the sort of like I'm going to get on the pulpit and try to really lecture people. That that to me, you know, there's a lot of like there's a lot of words about virtue signaling and stuff now, but it it does seem to me that that act is done with no regard for it having any positive consequences. It does seem to be, I've got to tick my box for history to have shown I said yeah. this at this time. But, you know, I think... Um, well, often it's... Because lots of, at the moment, lots of, like, indie rock bands, like, kind of bands I enjoy, they're all coming out and they're, a lot of them are supporting Bernie Sanders. 
but they're playing for Bernie Sanders at a Bernie Sanders rally. So everyone at, at the event already is going to be a big <laughs> Bernie voter, I would imagine. So I don't know. Surely they'd do better to go and play a Trump rally and like say, oh, vote for Bernie. Like That would yeah. be more impactful. I, I don't... I, exactly what you say. I don't see what message is being portrayed there other than I was on the right side of history. That's yeah, kind of it. Or it's just trying to play to your crowd and get the get the adulation for yeah. saying the thing but um but it's invariably divisive because if you like a band because they play some cool guitar riffs you look through the say the instagram feed of a band who's come out in support of one politician there will be people on their feed who say oh you i can't believe you support them i hate you it's like well just because you play a certain kind of guitar music doesn't mean all your followers are going to be a certain way does it so yeah it's it's a very difficult line to toe and I suppose it's for the good that the Oscars have tried to cut down acceptance speeches to about 45 seconds. Yeah, what what I find a, uh, a shame about it is I look to art as a form of escapism, to be honest. I And I... Uh, it doesn't colour my view when I know what, like, what any actor or director politically thinks. Like, it's, it's definitely... You know, it, you're just aware of it, but it does seem weird for... But like, say actors who want to, you they want you to be able to believe whoever they are in a film. It does seem a weird thing to also so maybe so vehemently pin their masks mm. on a certain thing. It seems weird because then you're asking people who maybe completely disagree with you to go into a film and take you yeah, as you are in this film, yeah. and it, it is a weird thing. And uh, yeah, I I don't know. I've always felt I, I've always felt queasy about it in general though because I don't. Yeah, again, I'm quite like. I I like to use art to escape from like not to like I can watch films about politics but it's um I, think I don't music, know it's not what I get out of it that really gets me I think yeah music probably even more political so political right? preachy music is is often very hard to stomach I mean I think I like a lot of music that I like like that say someone like Dylan or Neil Young it's far enough away from its context that it becomes a kind of artifact but right yeah if they were writing their songs now i think i'd i'd have to avoid them i suppose <laughs> well dylan is writing now i'm not listening to it <laughs> are you nobel prize winner bob dylan yes yeah, absolutely scandalous that was but oh, i'll maybe um, rant about that another time they made sure Bob Dylan needed more recognition. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Not enough people accept he's a genius. No. But it's like, if you give it to him, then you have to give it to plenty of other songwriters as well. Um, yeah. I mean, one, it ben, opens up Benny and Bjorn are already in Sweden, the ABBA boys. I don't know why they're not getting a look in. <laughs> yeah, that's retrospect. Let's get Paul McCartney in yeah, next time. Yeah, get McCartney in, yeah. Um, yeah, I, yeah. Thought, I thought that was a, a terrible shame. Again, that was like mildly felt like a bit of a troll. Yeah, like, I feel like the Nobel Prize committee do are yeah. like very professional trials. They're like, oh, Philip Roth's got a year to live. Let's give it to Bob Dylan. <laughs> Forget those guys who spent their entire life writing, writing four, books, 40 yeah. books. Yeah, um, yeah so... Yeah, uh, Bob, Bob Dylan's not going to win the, the Pulitzer Prize, right? Like, And Philip Roth's not going to win the Grammy for Best Album because that's not the art form that he's operating in. So it does seem strange to... You know, sort of blur those lines like that. But I anyway, I think next year in the Nobel Prize is Billie Eilish's year <laughs> for body of work. I think she's got it. Lifetime body of work. Yeah, I I I'll say it, George. I think Billie Eilish was a deserving winner of a Grammy this year. Yeah, I don't doubt that. I think the Grammys are probably one of the more out of touch big prize. Like the Grammys are more out of touch than the Oscars. I think that's the, true. No, or the Pulitzer Booker Prize for Literature. It's the one that is always well off. Yeah. And I think she's good. I don't have a problem with it. It's more that, you know, they'll have like a very average Beck album will win. Yeah. Album of the year. And it's not because people in music are less intelligent per <laughs> se. <laughs> um I yeah, I think um I think they get it scandalously wrong a lot of the time. They they're almost like it's amazing if by luck they happen to sort of hit the target Roughly. by pure pure I luck. I think maybe because there's so much music out there. There is more music out there than there is literature or film. And also maybe music is so coloured by trend. Maybe it's just so yeah. like 
I don't know. I, I think people get swept pop, up in pop music. Yeah, people get yeah. swept up in like someone had a big song and you know that yeah. year or something. But we, I think with the Oscars, there's that self self mythologizing of Hollywood. Well, Hollywood has it in of itself that self mythologizing. You know, films about making films have always done well. And yeah, like, yeah, like the artist, right? It's sort of a looking back, what is it, about eight years old, looking back on the golden age of Hollywood. You couldn't do that with music. You couldn't make like a old-timey, ragtime 1920s <laughs> yeah. with those production values and also expect to compete on the pop front. There's a place for all that kind of like rockabilly music now and stuff like that, but it wouldn't dominate the main prize-giving body, whereas I think with film, possibly even with literature, that, that can still happen. You know, like a big state of the nation not like Jonathan Franzen novels like a big Dickens novel isn't yeah, it? yeah but pop music doesn't really have that space so no you're not and you're not gonna get struggling to, you're not gonna get an avant-garde jazz album no get, <laughs> get no not, not winning those pop prizes um, um but yeah the, the, I guess there's like a a self-willing dumbness to pop music that doesn't uh, filmmaking and literature have a sort of expectation of sensibility that pop doesn't have to follow yeah it's almost like i mean this is a slight ta- this is a tangent but mm. it is interesting how pop music that that what word did you did you just use the phrase what don't willfully done no i can't remember something but basically that is a good way to put it because it's like even intelligent people listening to pop music it's like we all sort of purposely drop our iq and go I'm enjoying this as pop music, yeah. even though I know it's sort of fluffy, sure, yeah. uh, candy sort of thing. Yeah. You know, unless it's like a very like a, a very serious the film artistic equi- album. The film like, equivalent would be like one of those Netflix rom coms, right? Like glossy, sort of, right? Not super smart, but those films wouldn't be winning the big prizes, right? Because you'll just be like, I know this pop album's about the same themes as everyone writes about. It's something album about heartbreak. And it's fairly, it's not got a particularly deep take on it. But mm. it's kind of like, I guess music's very visceral, right? So it's doesn't, it's not an intellectual thing. It's like it hits you or it doesn't. And I guess you just, if a song is rich and addictive enough or whatever, it's, yeah. Mm. Music's a much more visceral medium. So I think it's just people know what they liked. And even if it's not, even if it's just sort of fluff, it's like, yeah, but I love it. I love listening to Taylor Swift's uh, new album. It's yeah. like candy for my ears and I <laughs> and I love it. Sure. Um, How do you feel about the whole red carpet experience, Steve? Do you care? Do you uh, care what I mean, uh, for all, as a man who's regularly attended red carpet, I've <laughs> got a strong view. Um, uh, what do I think of all the fluff around it? Oh, yeah, I mean, I find it, I find it weird. I find it, I find it weird that and also, also kind of regressive. Like, there's a very strange thing with all the, like, championing... I don't know. I'm not a man who knows much about fashion, George. Let's put that out there to Come start. On. Um, Come on, Steve. But there is this strange tension where there there's, like, excessive commenting on people's appearance and what they wear and how they look. And then also it's completely championed through the whole ceremony that it's sort of, like, I don't know, a kind of, like rejection of mm. superficial things like that and yeah. trying to be very like there's really important things and of course but so look at my Versace dress three days getting ready but yeah, yeah but like and this thing's really important and what about these poor people in the environment um my dress costs <laughs> yeah, 15 grand yeah dollars, and yeah. it's like and look at these diamonds and yeah. it's a very like you could it, it's like almost like the satire sort of writes itself doesn't mm. it of um all these people in a room but so, the, the award show is much like the they're there to sell books like the oscars is probably keeping a lot of these designers in work right yeah, or yeah. just keeping that whole infrastructure and world afloat so they are these ecosystems that you know prop up quite a small subset of people but those people have got so much money that they can yeah keep keep industries alive yeah it's when you factor all it's not that in itself like i don't mind anyone if anyone wants to revel in like we love looking at dresses and we all wear pretty dresses and that's what it's about that's fine like if that's that's it then go for it but i think it's that mixed with all the the self-importance the righteousness the preaching and you're preaching to people who like to most people who are watching who have barely a fraction of any of the resources and success you have and the sort of being like finger wag too and then like 
it's a very like I don't know something about it I have a very inherently you know ironic look at the world George and I I just find that's that sense of seriousness just doesn't doesn't gel with me but mm. you know um I would I I would want to have more fun if I won an Oscar go and do my speech yeah I hate speeches I think you know this about me I don't you do hate speeches and I just... Right, let's get into it then. I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm best man at George's wedding, and uh, I've I've got to do a speech apparently, but George isn't looking forward to it. Uh, well, I just I the idea of being at a ceremony like the Oscars and having to sit through what what are there twenty five awards something like that twenty five people kind of giving us either they've prepared it already it's not going to be great or it's off the cuff also not going to be great sitting through all of that. Just cringing and thinking, please don't say something awful. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I, that's torture to me. Absolute torture. I didn't see it, but didn't Joaquin Phoenix do a lot about veganism? Yeah, I think he did. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you, I suppose if you're vegan, you, you're going to bang on about it. I think it was a vegan Oscars, wasn't it? I think all the meals were vegan, so he's he's halfway there. <laughs> it's just It's just very funny when you actually go... When you actually zoom into the context of what the night was, it was a man getting an award for playing the Joker, yeah. like putting on some makeup and doing acting, some acting. acting. Yeah. yeah, and it's like the, the, this whole there's the seriousness of the, the platform. Yeah, yeah, it's it's such it's as the joke would say, it's a bloody good laugh. <laughs> That's a direct quote from the film. <laughs> I'm having a bloody laugh. Right? Um, he wouldn't have taken it very seriously, would he? No. Until that end bit. Yeah, it goes a bit... Gets bit, a bit serious. Bit angry then. Um, yeah. Awards. They ser- they do serve, for me as a consumer of culture, they, they serve, serve a, purpose. a really good purpose. The purpose I take from them is a way of collating a load of insights into things that I may enjoy. Yeah. And then... I mean, I at the moment, I think I've talked about this before, one of the goals I set myself last year that I've yet to accomplish is to just watch all of the winners of the Best Picture Award for the Oscars, just as an easy way to think that's a shorthand to, I don't know, 85 probably quite good films. But again, my objection to that is you're going to get some real duffers in there. And Definitely. you're going to go, why am I watching this? Definitely, thing? but it's like we like to be part of this. We like to engage in a conversation about this. So it's just my way of sort of doing my due diligence, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, what, 75% of them are like above good? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's not the end of the world. I did last week, Saturday afternoon, sat through Chicago. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> that, okay. was, uh, that was a difficult watch. He I had it so. coming. Very good. There you go. God, it's the only thing I know from that film. It was awful. For, yeah. for my sensibilities, it was absolutely Yeah, you hell. hate musicals. Hate musicals. Uh, yeah. You hate sexiness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bang to rights. Um, love Richard Gere, though. So. Love Richard Gere. So not all bad. I didn't know Richard Gere was in it. He's old. I haven't, I haven't seen Tommy it. Fury. I just know Zellweger and Zeta Jones. Yeah, they're, they're... Two Zs up to their old trip. <laughs> <laughs> Zellweger's only gone and nabbed another Oscar, hasn't she? Got another one. Can pry her hands off of it. A second. Fair play to her. Fair play. A second. She's a great actress. Good honour. Um, um, so yeah, I, w- I will get a few stinkers, but it it sort of serves a purpose as you know, focus. It gives you a what well, invariably you're you're looking for something to watch. You're otherwise at the mercy of say like the Netflix algorithm, right? You're kind of at the mercy of what. Yeah, but you could also you could also probably get a much better list if you just looked at. Uh, critics top films of each year yeah definitely but what I'm saying is that we're kind of shorthanding the prize giving body to be being a group of critics that we think are probably clued up right you you wouldn't yeah, you, know, would... you wouldn't know that Roger Ebert's good until you've watched a few of his films so you have to give it a go right. like a few of the films he's recommended so it's just another way of going onto Google and searching 20 best crime films 20 best 80s films with action in yeah. or whatever it is it's just that easy shorthand and maybe it you know, if you've seen 50 of the best picture winners, it obviously covers a period of time. You can maybe see a through line in. It's a way of keeping on top of the zeitgeist, maybe. Yeah, and I, I that's what I do. I like the fact that in an awards, any awards of any kind, it's nice to have, like, even though they, they're self-important and they're elaborate and they sort of go on forever, but I like the very idea of stopping and saying what were the standout things of 
that year, mm-hmm. that period, or that that's what I do like because I, I I'm not of this sort of sweeping thing where people are like oh awards are pointless and you know it's like yeah they get it wrong and they they mess up and stuff but the actual idea of it which is like let's record the milestones of what the best thing was and all think about what the best art was because otherwise it is just like just a constant deluge of just like more stuff more stuff and there's no it yeah it's nice to sort of have a bit of actual like wrestling with it like considering the material well, instead yeah, of just exactly watch that. more films watch more films like definitely the yeah. wrestling but also it is fun to kind of debate about these things yeah right? if you're exactly. into art into film you could go oh, i love parasite oh, i hated it oh, i think this should have won that's kind of the that is the blood of, of the industry isn't it as much as what you said there as well of just going, oh, did that win? Oh, that's cinematography. Oh, look what he did with the camera in 1917. It's made to look like one shot. What other films have done that? Oh, Rope's really good. You know, it, the sort of the technical aspects or these, it's kind of like being able to like do a deep read of a novel, right? When you suddenly yeah. realise that there are these other things at work and these different layers and textures behind a film, you maybe appreciate appreciate them more deeply and it yeah also another fun jumping off point i definitely think you do yeah i think you have more of a sense of it as what the different parts how they work together rather than just like yeah just you see the film in its totality totality yeah. right and you just assume oh the director did that but yeah it's like, it's a, yeah it's a just even of... learning the roles that go into filmmaking is quite an interesting yeah. process in of itself um yeah I, th- I think these awards certainly serve a purpose they're very backslappy in the richer uh, cultures or cultural mediums but they certainly serve a purpose and I think the kind of lower down the rung you go with the sort of jobbing author a jobbing author winning a prize I think is a really important important thing for the lifeblood of literature yeah probably in the books that is properly like properly part of the lifeblood of it because lots of films people would go and see anyway I'm sure lots of them but um yeah I'm sure there's lots of novels that would literally go from never being read to being like that Anna Burns right yeah um yeah well what do you think we'll get an award for <laughs> after this if anyone listens to this they're not going to think of a, us are they, they need a prize yeah I was listening to this um now we've snubbed them all then yeah. they're gonna Margaret Atwood was her name Steve I'm struggling to think of it Margaret Atwood wrote Handmaid's Tale yeah and the one that won the Booker Prize last Last year, the oh, she won for the the, the sequel, the, the long awaited sequel, yeah, the Handmaid's Tale, yeah, um, Atwood, Atwood, got yes. there in the end, didn't we? Um, well, who would you love to see given Oscar speech? <laughs> no, no one, no one. I'm, I'm not interested in hearing anyone give an Oscar speech. Yeah, I like that. Ricky Gervais did. Was it the Grammys? Golden Globes? Golden yeah. Globes was just like get up. Thank you, God. Thank you, Mum. Sit back down. Yeah. Thought, that's enough. I think Hitchcock potentially won it. It might not have been an Oscar. Maybe it was an honorary Oscar. He literally gets up and goes, thank you, and then sits back down. Great. More right. of that. I don't want to hear them. I think uh, back in the day, I think Robert De Niro and Woody Allen both didn't show up to even get Oscars. Mm. Just as like... I think Woody Allen was playing jazz somewhere and Robert yeah. De Niro just didn't go. So I think it was like almost... Bobby didn't go. I know... Um, it, I think it was almost like less of a... Not less of a big deal, but it wasn't quite like such the... The industry must be... Interesting. I don't know. I think it no, was a Brando different character. Brando sent, sent Sashi Little Feather, didn't he? Think, no, he sent the, the Native American woman to collect it on his oh, behalf. Oh, I thought he refused as, it. Right. Yeah, well, he sent her to collect it as a sort of political statement. Right. But then there's... There's a really, I think, quite a poignant, um, this is a quite a nice image at the Oscars. They gave Charlie Chaplin like a Lifetime Achievement Oscar or like belated award because he was also tarnished by the blacklist in the 50s. Mm. So didn't really get the due that he should have done. And I think this, say this award happened in the early 70s. He gets like a 15 minute standing ovation. Like it, it's really powerful. Right. I mean, like that icon, that tramp character, it feels like a man of just a different world, right? If you're like, Marlon Brando in the 70s it's you know he's not probably that much older Charlie Chaplin like 50 years older but his character and silent movies and everything it's just like a different industry a different world and to see that man kind of acknowledged by his peers was was actually quite a powerful thing I think that's a really impactful part of the awards ceremony yeah I think those things are nice when when people get the due they deserve even if it's a bit late it's uh 
Yeah, from your peers. That's the nice part. Nice part about it. Yeah. Um, Dan, the psychologist Daniel Kahneman um, said once that award shows had a negative net net impact because um, because there's always more losers and there's lots of people who showed up and didn't win and they just feel that oh well now I feel worse about myself. Right. So it's like it's almost worse they were nominated and lost. Right. Uh, what well, can that not be this like separated from oh but because I was nominated I don't know I've sold a ton more books or a ton more tickets or whatever. I think that depends Can't how to, to go back to an old episode George that depends how grateful you are. Sure. How much you're able to be grateful for these sure. things. And so. are we suggesting that those egos in Hollywood are probably not great at that? Uh, is that what you're is that what Kahneman's hinting at? I d- I don't personally know how they he's, feel he's about been it, up but... on the podium a few times Kahneman he yeah. can he oh, it makes down. you wonder right like someone as successful as Leonardo DiCaprio when he didn't have Oscars for a while always the bridesmaid was he that I mean he's Leonardo DiCaprio he's yeah. like one of the most enviable men in the world seemingly has what nearly anyone want was he I know the narrative fuming. the narrative was that he was bothered mm. but I'm like was he really fuming did he actually have that much investment in it but I think it is. I'm sure he would have liked. It one. is the measure by which his work is held against, right? He he acts in exactly the kind of he doesn't act in art house films. He acts in exactly the kinds of films that are put forward for Oscars. So I'm sure you would. You'd feel like you were because it is to that is the metric by which your you know it's a very niche gilded palace world, but it's still the one that it's measured by. So I'm sure he would have thought about it. But the fact that he's being nominated, he's obviously he has to sit in the room. And hear, oh, you might win it this time. Yeah. He was obviously happy when he won it. Yeah, I, d- I don't know. I, I would... I would... I'm a rationalist, George. So sure. I would probably be like, well, loads of amazing things have never won. Like Marlon Brando famously didn't get one for Streetcar Named Desire. And it's like, if you just look at enough snubs, I'd be like, well, I'm in, I'm in pretty good company, even if I didn't win. Sure. I don't yeah. think... I mean, I'm in... I've never won. <laughs> and you're a great man. A great <laughs> artist and a great man. I would uh I would also the 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 gratifying thing is that an award can't, so to speak, polish a turd. <laughs> like like we said about Argo and that, like I think it can bring recognition to underappreciated stuff, like Parasite probably would have been an underappreciated but film. But it doesn't make it a good But it doesn't fix like, the film. Yeah, if it, like time is very brutal, right? It's like if no one. I keep ragging on Argo as if it's terrible. There's nothing, nothing yeah, wrong with Argo, sure. but it's all right. But like, it's like no one. Like time doesn't confer just because it won an Oscar. It doesn't mean it ten years. Well, when I was sat there watching Chicago, I was specifically going, "God, this won the Oscar." Like, right. I was seeing it through the prism of this one. Right. So like, it's like, and then coloring. I was sort of looking at what else was out that year, like The Pianist and some other better films. Yeah. So yeah, it it can almost be, maybe become an albatross. I mean, you'd rather your your entry won than didn't I suppose but yeah it can probably become a bit of a millstone like you're the guy who made Driving Miss Daisy yeah yeah is also not too bad right I have never seen Driving Miss Daisy it's, it's only about 80 minutes long I think it's the shortest Oscar winner yeah with the oldest nominated actress potentially oldest winning actress Jessica mm. Tandy I think the oldest winning actress actually so why do people look at that film negatively? Do you see it as sort of outdated stereotype? Yeah, I feel like the race politics antiquated. of it and stuff like that, yeah. But there we go. Wow. We've been through it, haven't we, today? It all comes back to politics, and yeah. that, unfortunately. Um, well, let's give our listeners an award. Anyone <laughs> who's made it through to the end of this. Endurance Award. <laughs> um, the Glutton for Punishment Award. We celebrate you, and uh, I'm sure we've got a lot of big you know big artists out there and mm. I say I say keep dreaming mm-hmm. keep plugging away not not keep dreaming in a bad way keep dreaming in a good way well I mean Leo let us write in let us know how you felt when you finally won it um, I'm really happy for you Leo and if you know if you want to go and on stage and talk about the environment then that's fine I, I don't yeah, I might cycle there next time huh cycle, cycle to time, the Oscars next time the jet's getting a bit um yeah, and maybe just like throw something else in there, like because he does talk about that a lot. Like, just <laughs> a few other. I just want to get to know the guy a bit better. Like, Getting a bit bummed. Yeah, out, I'm yeah. like, what else are you doing? You know, yeah. tell me about 
the yacht with all the models. What's going on there? Like, Does he talk to them about it all the time? He's going, oh, the envi- bloody environment. You've got to wonder, haven't you? That's why he gets through so many of them. He's, he's got, got a reputation for this real playboy. Well, he has this sort of playboy lifestyle, but every time he's talking about something, he's like on a very serious subject. Mm. I wonder which one's the real, what's the real Leo? Yeah. It might be a bit of a bore, you know? A bore? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's possible. Again, DiCaprio, if you're listening, I'd, Prove, prove, us prove, wrong. prove me wrong. Um, <laughs> let's wrap her up there. I think. Steve. All right, let's wrap her up there. Um, uh, thanks, everyone. We will be back soon. We certainly will. Um, um, for those of you who are hanging on, I mentioned it last episode. I managed to go six days without caffeine. Six days. Six whole days. Headaches. Yeah, awful. <laughs> Really horrible, yeah, really yeah. horrible three days worth of withdrawals from no, it. I'm not going to do it. Not doing it. No. Not again. Anyway. Um, all right. That's the end of the news. Um, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Um, yeah. And we'll see you at the movies. <laughs>